Welcome to the Reticle Up Podcast, where I, Three Gun Kenzie, will be interviewing competitive shooters, hunters, fishermen, archers, entrepreneurs, and outdoorsmen. Come learn with me as I interview people from all walks of life, in different disciplines, all across the world, from novices to professionals of all ages. No matter what, everyone has something they can teach you. So come join me on the journey. The Radical Up podcast is produced in partnership with AmericanFirearms.org. American Firearms' mission is to recommend what works. We believe everyone deserves access to unbiased, helpful information about firearms. And our buying guides, product reviews, and learning resources are designed to help real people find the stuff that will work best for them. Check us out at www.americanfirearms.org. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Reticle Podcast. I'm here with Louis Espindola. He's the president of Redefined Violence, awesome clothing company. We're going to dive in. Um, but I got to meet him at the Gundy's this year and pretty much don't know a ton about his background, but we're going to learn a lot of things tonight. So, Louis, thanks for joining me. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited. I know we were talking offline about stuff. So just to kick it off for people, you know, how did you come to redefine violence? And I know, you know, a company before that was the Sheep's Clothing Company. So tell me how all of that got started. Right. So um, there was a time, uh, 2020, I was uh, stuck in a different part of the world and just kind of watching things unfold back home. And and I got to see, you know, we all got to see a little bit of the chaos that kind of ensued. And, and I started thinking about the people that have skills that have spent a lifetime training themselves and, but, but live a peaceful ethos. And uh, I kind of started to wonder if there was any way to bring everybody together. And that's where the idea of sheep's clothing kind of came in. You can kind of see the design behind me. We'll talk about it more later. So traditionally the story of the wolf and sheep's clothing, I say traditionally or historically, biblically, it's been a story of evil that's kind of hidden amongst good, you know, uh, waiting for an opportunity to attack. Um, I see the story a little bit different, kind of like, you know, all the people that we met at the Gundy's, they have these amazing skills and abilities. And in the company, we say you come by these skills either forcibly or willingly. You know, there's some people who train themselves um, out of that's what they want to do. And then forcibly, uh, that includes professions, you know, people in the military, people, police officers, things that they've been through. Um, so. The way I see it is there are people out there who represent the wolf and the sheep's clothing is that the sheep's hoodie that we put on every single day, right? It's a, it's a conscious decision to live peaceably amongst others. However, there are skills and abilities that people have that they just can't walk away from. You know what I mean? Uh, we say, um, there's a saying we have, like, you've earned them. You, can, yep. you can't give them back. You can't give those experiences back no matter how hard you try once you pull the trigger, once you've taken a punch, once you've seen things, that's it. They're yours. Yep. So what do you do with that? You know, and what you do with that is you try to exemplify that wolf-like nature, um, but always living peaceably. And, and that's where the sheep's hoodie comes in. And that's why I named the company Sheep's Clothing, because it's that's where the focus is, I guess you could say, yeah. is, is in that sheep's hoodie and being peaceful with what you have like that a lot I don't, I don't think a lot of people have i've never thought of it that way of it happens to you forcibly or yeah you're peaceably huh yeah it, it makes you think um okay so for you there there's a ton of meaning behind the artwork and stuff and we can dive deep into that and stuff but is that something where you've created the art are you have you teamed up with someone like how and then what are the different meanings behind them 
So I've, I've thought of all the art. Um, I can't draw a stick figure to save my life, <laughs> but um, I'm pretty good at kind of explaining them. And I, I work with different artists. This artist is out of Brazil that's created kind of this flash tattoo style or, excuse me, art for us. Mm-hmm. So we go back and forth for months and we talk about the design. I kind of explain what what I want in the design, what the meaning is behind. Uh, for example, real quick, this one's called Tears. Um, and the sheep, I don't know if you could see it clearly on the camera. And oh, I'll yeah. send you some artwork so you can post it up later. Um, those are the tears that and that represents who you used to be, you know, that helpless person. Uh, the person you were before you, you acquired all these skills, you know, either forcibly or willingly. And underneath, he's got a cool, calm smirk, almost not quite a smile, but it's supposed to be a look of confidence. You know, now they get to go out every single day, uh, these people, and and know that they've experienced something, gone through something, and have these abilities that truly just make you a different person and a a much more confident person, especially martial arts and things like that. Yeah, and I want to dive in there, but, um, you know, like for for me teaching a lot of classes, whether it is even not just a handgun, but having... I don't know, basic awareness, situational awareness, like, or just being able to feel confident, like you said, like that you're protecting yourself or, you know, what to do in case of emergency or whatever it looks like. Um, unfortunately it does take an action. Why does it take sometimes not just their career, but like, okay, they finally had a break in, they finally got mugged, whatever it looks like for people to be like, now I need to take care of myself. So how are you kind of using your brand, your voice too, to, to talk about preparing before the fight happens or before it happens? Uh, so the, the, Meaning or the reason redefined violence kind of took over from Sheep's Clothing Company is so that we can try to bring a different light to the word. And everything we post uh, on social media or on our website is very deliberate. It's the way we present these violent arts. Um, we present them in an inviting way. That's why our colors are very bright. That's why everything's very, I use the word upbeat, but it's uh, it's kind of an oversimplification so that people can see, you know, somebody shooting a bow or hitting the bag or shooting a gun. And it's not it's not as intimidating. And we're trying to take that stigma away from the word violence because it obviously means what it means. Right. Um, but if we can give people at least a different lens to look at it, it doesn't mean that the original description isn't there. Obviously, violence is terrible. Yeah. Um, but. Also, these these individuals and people and community that possess these skills, those are the people that know violence is always the last resort. It's never even really it doesn't ever really cross your mind, you know, to be honest with you, because it's so far back in what we decide to do. Um, however, you know, people possess these skills. So, I mean, hope that answers your question. Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad. I, I need more people to kind of put a light or different lens through it for people to understand violence exists or like evil exists not violence but like evil exists and like unfortunately mm-hmm. like we don't want to be violent that's for sure i would i hopefully never have looked down at my gun hopefully never have to ever ever use that but if i have to i absolutely will whether to save my life family friends whatever that looks like right um yeah that's what we train for but i think the message is very clear the artwork really tells a, a like beautiful story i i enjoy it i know you've had a lot of new drops as well so i don't know if you want to talk about the new stuff that came out too recently i know tears had different colors which i like the colors <laughs> yeah tears are different colors so I, I i brought some here with me um this right here is just so this awesome. is our we call it the sun on your back and this was kind of the original design um, concept that we came up with um and this one uh there was a, a cosmic idiom. I can't recite it off the top of my head right now, but basically it translated to, uh, I see the sun on your back. 
and it was told to farmers and people who would come help, uh, excuse me, complete the day's work on a farm. Some random person, you know, out in the distance that would come and help you uh, for the day and actually complete it. And the, the idiom was, I see the sun on your back. So the way I see it is people who train themselves um, kind of, we, we will never meet them. We might never meet these people, but they're actually benefiting society by having at least that healthy relationship with violence. One, knowing that it exists. Two, knowing that they, they never want to utilize their skills. Um, and yeah, that's, so I, I figured that I was like, well, let's, let's make it and call it something on your back. And that's kind of the way we designed that with the artist. That's so cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, and then when did you start this company or, or not start maybe rebrand or. Yeah. Um, uh, so 2020 was kind of the launch of, uh, of sheep's clothing company yep. and I was still working, um, uh, overseas kind of was going back and forth and stuff. So it took me a little while to really kick it up a, a notch. But that's what I've been doing this last year, uh, 2022, we kind of hit our stride, 2023 starting off great. So awesome. yeah, that's, yeah, we, we're brand new. So you're side hustling, I'll call it side hustling for now. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. And we, and I think we, I say we, but most entrepreneurs start that way. It's how I started with side hustle and now we're here. Um, yeah. but talk about to the gratitude. Okay. First of all. Hmm, there's so many things to discuss about entrepreneurship. You got family and friends kind of like, not, well, I'd say buying in, supporting the brand. And that's very important to have. Do you remember the first sale you had that wasn't someone that you knew? Yes. What was that feeling like? It was very exciting. It was very, uh, it was kind of like, oh, this is real. And the fact that someone takes the time to resonate with it, as especially with like social media, I think that, and I'll, and I'll be honest, I had this mentality at the beginning where I was like, Oh, I want these followers. I want people to follow us. But then I started realizing, hey, every person that takes the time to follow us, that's a that's another human life. That's another person that is taking an interest. And that means now each follower means a whole lot, you know. So we're no longer chasing that kind of number or that kind of status, if you will. Okay. Now we're just excited for every single person that does like the idea, that does order. And it just keeps us going, you know, because at first when you come up with this. You, you put redefined violence on a shirt. Like, I don't know if this is really going to work. You know what I mean? Yep. But the more and more people reach out to us, especially with stories, and we, we can talk more about that later, about what they've survived and what they've overcome, which is why we added uh, survivors of violent circumstance to our description. It was just eye-opening. And it almost, like, we almost have an obligation now to keep going. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I think a lot of brands miss that too. I know I work with a lot of influencers. I also work for like with a lot of companies too in the marketing side. And they're always like, we need to get to this number. Okay. What are we doing for the people who are currently bought in the current loyal people, the ones that are buying stuff, because those are way more important than like you said, chasing some fairy tale number. And unfortunately in any sort of violent community in the snowflake world of social media, like we're not going to make it (laughs) at all. End of story. Like that's just the, the, the times that we live in is that, I'm sure you've seen, I don't, maybe, have you seen suppression on your content? 100%, 100%. Um, and, you know, I wish I could back it with more concrete evidence and not just say, you know, theoretically, <laughs> but we've noticed it. Uh, we've noticed it uh, and it depends on the videos that we, we we post and stuff like that, whether it involves shooting, you can't use certain hashtags anymore and stuff like that. And that's fine. You know, that's okay. That's where we're at. We're, we still plan on succeeding, you know, you can't put it back in the box. Nope. Yeah, it's too short. <laughs> yeah the box okay so i want to hear more about lewis like what what is your background when you when it comes to 
I would say everything, like from family life, you know, you said you're military before, um, martial arts, like how did you even dive into that world? And, and I'm, I'm ignorant when it comes to martial arts. So I'm sure if you want to break down the type or whatever, like you practice the most, I'd, I'd be intrigued to learn more about that. Yeah. Um, well, we're originally from Southern California. I don't know if you want to start that far back. Yeah, so go for it. Time. Yeah. <laughs> no, from Southern California. Um, I knew I was going to be a Marine since I was eight years old. That's just something that I knew, uh, growing up wow. and why? Yeah. I, I really couldn't explain it to you. I, got, I had a couple family members that were in the Marines and, and maybe I saw something that just intrigued me. Maybe it was the dress blues. Maybe the commercials got me that they're fighting the dragon or something. I, I really can't tell you what it was. But there was a switch that kind of clicked. And, and going through high school, I just burned through everything. I told everybody, all my teachers, they, they knew where I was going. Hmm. Had a minor setback. Didn't actually technically graduate high school. Um, so so there's that. I had, oh, oh, you said not to make a long story short. But uh, <laughs> ended up my senior year at a place where I really shouldn't have been. It was where all the, uh, the pregnant girls and the cholos went. Um, I was neither. So I had to figure out a way to to kind of get my stuff together. Yep. And I did, you know, so I I called a recruiter uh, once I was done and I was like, hey, is this OK? Will this little certificate work? He's like, yeah, come on. Awesome. So I joined at 17, um, didn't turn 18 till almost almost a year into the Marine Corps. Wow. So, yeah. And then, um, yeah, deployed to Afghanistan, you know, like like many others. and before I knew it, my life was kind of taking that, that turn towards, well, violent things were normal to me, you know, right. obviously combatives and shooting. And it, I didn't realize any of that till I kind of started thinking about the company. Um, and yeah, that, that turned into me coming out to Texas uh, with uh, a family that I know. And I have to talk about them because there's a Marine that I lost uh, in Afghanistan uh, or that we lost, I should say. And I came out to meet them, meet the family in 2013 when I got out of the military. They welcomed me with open arms. I got to meet a bunch of great people. But we went back to California and kind of ran out of money. So I was married at the time, still married now. And yeah, I called up some people. I was like, hey, you guys were talking about the oil field. Do you mind if I, do you mind if I come on out? And sure enough, yeah, I was only supposed to be out here for a couple months. And that was years and years, years later. That you so that's how you got like stuck or stayed in Texas. Yeah. So I, I stuck. I stayed, uh, I came because of that family. I owe that community orange Grove, Texas a lot. They gave me work opportunity and I fell in love with Texas. Obviously can't go back. Never would, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know about Texas. But yeah. <laughs> people well, wait, like wait where are you? Uh, I moved up to actually to Eastern Tennessee. So Knoxville. Is oh, where okay. I call Holmish. Um, Tennessee's awesome too. I just love the mountains, but I was gonna say Texas is very freedom central, and like I, the oil fields was was a lot of my friends' careers. So like I was from Pensacola, Florida, and the Panhandle. They would drive to Louisiana, they would drive to Texas, they would do yeah. a couple weeks on, a couple weeks off, like that kind of rotation. But it, it's always been good money. But um, it's an interesting like how you define like community kind of impacting your life because I think a, a lot of people miss that. It doesn't matter what industry we're in or what we're part of, you have to have community, I think, just to live your life, period. Like, you've got to find your place, your home, your support group, um, and what that looks like. And I think that's very powerful. Yeah, that, like I said, that community, I owe them I owe them a lot, I owe them everything. And then ended up moving my entire family. My wife moved out, my, my mom and dad. I brought everybody to Texas because <laughs> I was like, you know, I kind of foresaw what was going to happen and ended up coming out here. So I did the oil field for a little while, got to learn 
I thought I had a great work, work ethic in the military, but these guys, I mean, to this day, you know, they fuel us literally. Um, it's just, it's just a work ethic that I, I don't know that exists anywhere else on the planet. You know, these guys should just grind it out. Um, so I took that and then ended up on a military contract uh, a few years later and kind of been dabbling with that ever since and still doing it. So that's pretty cool. And now yeah. if you can get redefined violence to full time, would that be the the dream? That's the goal. You know, um, I, I, I still go back and forth. I'd like to come home one of these days and, or, or you know, for good and, and have this business and yeah, redefine violence. We, we have a lot of big projects on the horizon. My goal, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but I have this like mantra in my head. I want to be the under armor of all violent hearts. And I don't know if that makes sense right off the bat, but it makes sense in my head. Uh, everything from canine, uh, from boxing, jujitsu. When I started this company, I was looking at the landscape because you obviously do your research before you start. Who's my competition? You know, what kind of revenue are they generating? All that stuff. I didn't find anybody that was deliberately trying to house all of the violent arts under one roof. Right. Cause they uh, always I, are very siloed. That's all, always any book I've ever read. It's like, we're this, you, you know, this is our gym and we don't welcome yeah. those guys. They just fight. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, jujitsu guys have their own lane. Boxing has their own lane. They have their own kind of uh, brands and stuff like that. Shooting, you know, obviously they have their own thing and there's so many other arts. I just, I didn't notice anything that, was going after everyone right. and i was like well that's kind of cool there's no competition in this lane um and we you know i hired some some marketing people recently and we were talking about that they're like you actually have no competition <laughs> so it's pretty good um now you know I'm, and hopefully other brands come up but you know as yeah. of right now it's just us because it it's kind of risky to put violence on a shirt and ask people to wear it, you know? Yep. But it, it goes back to the sheep that are looking at your clothing are not paying attention to what you're wearing, what you look like, what's on your body, what you're carrying. It's, it is mind blowing <laughs> how much probably we all, at least again, I'm in the shooting community more, but like our, you can read a lot about a person by what they're wearing and you can learn a right. lot about that. Right. But how often are people paying attention to that? Like I could be a billboard for, I have a gun on me, <laughs> but nobody's going to actually check that out sometimes. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, the cool thing about, and kind of segue into how redefined violence took over, it started actually floating redefined violence. We just put it on a shirt at the beginning. It's like, Oh, it's kind of cool to put it on there. But from Family members and friends that were buying it and, you know, the few strangers that were buying it at the beginning, they were telling us like, hey, people are asking about this, Yeah, you know. Um, so now it's important that we let people know, hey, when you buy a shirt from us, you you own the phrase. It's now yours. Yep. You have to explain it. But the cool thing that comes with that is they get to explain it. They get yep. to explain why they bought it, what their interests are. Um, whether it's, you know, boxing or shooting or jujitsu or whatever. Yep. So it's cool. All right. So talk about your background in actual martial arts. Like, okay, you went into a gym one day, decided to go try something or what's your favorite martial art. And like, how do you tie that into everyday just safety? I would say, I would say boxing and jujitsu is probably my favorite. Um, it took me a long time to really go into a gym. Just, you know, I would, I just never really, I don't know. I never really saw myself doing it. Uh, you know, uh, you do your, your combatives in the military. And then when you get out, I had a couple of years where I didn't do anything. And then I, I missed it. You know, I missed that combative lifestyle. So I went back in and yeah, jujitsu for me, it's important. How do I say this? 
it's important to find the gyms that aren't ego based. Yeah. And that's what I look for and in all communities. But with that specifically, especially when, you know, I do have, you know, a career elsewhere, I can't be getting hurt by yeah. some 19 year old who's looking to prove themselves. And yeah, it's, it's something where everything from the footwork to the mentality to <clears throat> distances with people, like you were talking about being aware of your surroundings and being aware of where you are, being aware of size differences and looking at different angles. You know, if you ever talk to police, which I'm sure you've talked to many police officers, they always say, I always sit facing the exit, you know, and all this other stuff. But little things like that, that martial arts teach you where, yep. again, you can never give them back. You know, you can never give those skills and, and that eyesight back. Yep. I've trained uh, my friends to sit down on the wrong side of the table. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, they know. My wife, <laughs> yeah, my wife knows. You know, every time we go into a restaurant, she's like, oh, yeah, you yeah. sit here. I'm like, you know where you sit. <laughs> or if yeah. you got me with an alpha dude, like, I got to race to the table to get my spot. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't alpha know. It, it sounds funny. But yeah, no, it's Alpha yeah. Kinsey versus Alpha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a, what was it, a loaded term, the alpha yes. dude. Um, which is part of the thing we try to stay away from uh, since we're on the subject is we don't try to portray anything that we're not. We don't try to go over and above. I think the design speech for them, for themselves, the phrase speech for themselves and everyone who wears it hopefully comes at this company with a, with a humble mindset. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So yeah. and that's where I think any, any people kind of lose I want to say connection with reality when they think they know everything and then they are like, stop learning. And that's a, a big concern for me is those are the people that are dangerous. The ones that are like, Nope, I got it. Or, no, I know what I'm doing. Or, yeah. Nothing more to learn. And those people drive me nuts because like, that's, I feel like that's the second, if I ever, if those words ever come in my mouth, hit me, but also like that's yeah. the moment I die. Like that's, that's when I, I I'm done. Right. And, there's so much value in checking your ego at the door and learning something new or like the newest person. Like when I teach the newest person in the room that barely knows anything, right. I'll still learn from them somehow. Right. I'll make me a better teacher or I'll learn something I didn't know, or like just learn something about people. So I just think that's valuable. That's why I do this podcast too. It's like everyone has some sort of lesson to teach you. doesn't matter if they're an expert, a pro, a newbie, you know what I mean? It, there, there's value. Yeah, I look at like my brain as a filing cabinet. So if, you know, when you open up your filing cabinets, you have those thick folders, and you have those thin folders. If each one of those folders is, let's say one of them's how to throw a punch, right? If I get taught how to throw a punch a thousand times, when my brain goes to that filing cabinet and opens up that folder, it's going to be a lot thicker. It's going to be a lot easier to grab than trying to grab a thinner folder. And that's the way I approach everything. Whether if you want to teach me to shoot, if you want to teach me to roll, if you want to whatever it is that you want to teach me, I want to learn because I'm just trying to get that folder a little thicker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so I just had a podcast with my buddy Tim, actually, um, and we talked about situational awareness, but we also talked about how he teaches force on force classes. Um, right. And it was interesting to me because uh, he tricks people on purpose. So it's great. He has the women be the aggressors, which people forget that we can do. And they right. let people into their body space. So. For people listening, again, people like me, I don't know if you want to just give some like basic overview tips sort of of what to be aware or like just to know about your personal space or how close someone really can be to hurt you, which is actually a lot further away than you think, you know, to for them to come to you. I don't know if you just want to give some basic like kind of lessons for those people, not think about it. I, yeah, I would say someone who's someone who's 
uh, maybe not necessarily in your space, but who's looking to have an action, right? Or will always give precursors um, unless they're very well trained themselves, which I don't want to say most people are not, but most, most people, people are, are not. not. Most <laughs> yeah. people are not. There are things that you could pay attention to with hand movements, body movements, eye movements. Um, the nervous system is something the 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 mind is something very hard to master and it will always take over even guys who are very well skilled and very well trained before a mission or before an operation or before a fight they're always going to be a little nervous and they're going to have telltale signs um so i would say pay attention to people's body language for sure pay attention to hands pay attention to eye movements pay attention to how much people look around because usually that's an indication of something you know you you might not know what um but yeah that's uh, to me that's my most important thing i try to pay attention to people dark sunglasses whatever the case may be so i'm constantly looking around yep. but it's like you know you learn how to do it in a casual way um but yeah that your your mentality when you're nervous takes over especially someone who is looking for an oppor- opportunity or yep. you know what i mean um but yep. yeah I mean, and, and you might do it more passively. What I've learned too is have my head up on a swivel looking around. And it's almost where it's like making people that would have intentions aware that I'm very aware of like my surroundings or I can clock you. I will look you in the face. Like you're you're yeah. trying to be as intimidating but non-intimidating as possible, I guess. And it is the best and worst way to say that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Having that confidence, you know, having that com- portraying that confidence. Uh, I teach my little sister all the time. She's this little thing. And. <laughs> You know, I tell her anytime she gets out of anywhere, whether it's a store or she gets out of work late, you don't have to go directly to your car. Nobody has to walk directly to the car. You especially don't have to press the unlock button all the way over here and telegraph where you're going. So I don't I tell her, don't ever press the unlock button. Don't go straight to your car. You know, take different routes and things like that. Um, You know, if you come out, it's 11 o'clock. She's a waitress. Hey, take a second outside of the door and look around. You know, there are certain I say this diplomatically shithead vehicles that are kind of prominent that you can identify um and you know you look for shithead vehicles um maybe there's not a shithead in there maybe the person driving it's not a shithead but if there's one there just just pay attention to it you know but yeah little things like that um not pressing the unlock button the moment you get out of the store and letting everybody know where your car is and the direction you're headed. I mean, especially at night, you know, yes. you don't do that. Yep. Um, if someone's waiting for an, uh, for an opportunity, there's, you just gave them half of their homework, you know? hundred percent. Yeah. And I think yeah. women do a poor job of being hands-free. Um, I think men have it a little bit easier um, because for me, like I look ridiculous. I talked about on a couple podcasts, but I have a leg uh, purse type holder, the, the oob gear, whatever. I have a backpack purse if I need it. I've got my Apple AirPods, which I don't love because they do noise canceling. And so sometimes I, I can't like hear stuff around me. But anyways, I like my hands free, not on the phone, not looking down, not with a bag over my shoulder. Cause like you are literally a target when you have no way to defend yourself and you know, no access to your hands. Like, yeah, yeah, else. definitely. No, I agree with you hundred percent. Um, clench you know sympathetic squeeze you know if you have something in your hand something starts to happen you're going to start to squeeze onto that that one thing whatever it is you're holding whether it's a phone or whatever versus utilizing your hands if you're not going for a weapon at least utilizing your own for something else you know yeah yeah so if someone were looking to get into boxing or jujitsu or whatever like 
where does one even start? Is there gear that they need to go get? Or are they literally just trying to walk in and learn as much as they can? No, I would I would first feel comfortable with the idea that you're going to expose yourself in a lot of different ways. You're going to expose yourself mentally, obviously physically. And once you've explored that in your own mind and you're okay with it, then you can start, you know, shopping gyms. A lot of gyms are really great at accepting newcomers, say, hey, come by for a week. And I always tell people, you don't have to marry the first gym that you see. Yeah. You know, you, you don't want to marry the first gym that you see. Um, you're not going to offend the guy if you tell him straight up or the owner or the, the woman who, who owns it. Hey, I just want to shop a couple more. I'll be back, you know, because yeah. that's the best way for you to have that comparison. And you really want to feel comfortable inside of a gym. The last thing you want to do, um, especially at the very beginning, if you've never done it before, is go into an environment where you're not 100% comfortable. Because then what happens is we already have those excuses where we don't want to go. Or we don't want to train like maybe I'll go tomorrow, or maybe this. But what will happen is your your heart, your mind, your spirit will be a little tainted and it'll just be a little easier for you to say no this week and a little easier for you to say no next week. And the next thing you know, you haven't gone in a while. Uh, but if you find a place that excites you, you find a place that where you really want to go to a community. Mm-hmm. That's another goal with the company. Um, you know, through the website, we're building a new website and through the social media, we'd like for people to come on the page and see someone you know, who is shooting, you know, like yourself or who's boxing or doing jujitsu, maybe they click on their page and maybe they message them, you know, so we say we're, we're creating a community for the skilled. And, you know, that might be a pipe dream. People don't really message random people on the internet anymore. Maybe You would be surprised. <laughs> maybe you just need women because I feel like every dude out there has the balls to do that. That's, You're laughing. I'm going to start sending you screenshots. <laughs> hey, I've been married for 15 years, so I, I really don't know. But yeah, it's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I okay. Uh, there, there's a part where <laughs> just, there's I a part where that. I need to be educated on, you know. <laughs> oh, um, bless! You have no idea. <laughs> well, then there you go. There already exists a community. We're just gonna centralize it a little bit. There you go. Um, but yeah, finding you know finding different people or seeing someone that looks like you. You know, we want people of all shapes, colors, creeds, and that's another thing with the company is there's no American flag on it. There's no American flag on the shoulder. We don't say made in America. And it has zero to do with me not being proud of where we get some of our stuff or my, you know, my country, because I love my country a lot. And Texas, um, which is also a country. Like. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is a country because it takes three days to drive right. through it. But, uh, but um, martial arts are spoken around the world. Uh, violence is a universal language, especially harness violence. Um, you know, there are police officers in Switzerland, there's boxers in Brazil, there's, you know, people in, in Thailand, there's, there's so many cultures that practice these arts, these martial arts and these violent skills that we, we thought it'd be best to create a banner, you know, create designs that everyone can see themselves wearing. Um, so that's, that's just a little, little caveat to the, to the company. I love that though. Like, I hate that that's a thing, but I love that that is, like, you know what I mean? Like, I hate that violence is everywhere, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, 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 definitely. Like you know, and, and in some cultures, you know, violence or martial arts or MMA or boxing or whatever the case may be, um, that's a way out of poverty. Yeah. You know, so it, it's not just a way of life. It, it's, it is life. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. So, yeah, creating a beacon, I guess you could say, where we're just throwing it up in the air, throwing it up on the internet, where everyone can come. Um, including Americans, obviously, um, 
and yeah, share in that with other cultures. Cause I, I, I to get political. I think that's missing. You know, I want more, more community, more looking at people like they're human beings. You know, look, when you shake someone's hand, someone's hand, realize that you're shaking knuckles, skin, you're touching what you have. There is no difference between you and them. Yes. You know? So. I literally just wrote an article about how to build relationships, period. And I'll be, I'll be, I'm just going to treat you, be positive and also say I've been on the receiving end of this is that why yeah. are we treating like, again, I go back to just thinking about the Gundys, which is great, but it's like people right. that are at that level are treated so differently versus I treat the exact same or the people the exact same way that are the staff, the people that are setting yeah. up the, the background banners or the drive tanks dudes, man, those were, they, they hustled their butt off. So there's just so many people that unfortunately are treated differently because they have this level of fame. But like when you I just hit home because I'm like, Hey, everyone really like appreciates it. When you remember their name, when you say hello, right. when you shake their hand, when you just acknowledge that they are alive in the world, like be seen. Yeah. Um, we all have the same basic needs. And I think a lot of people forget that. And I was just talking to, to my buddy, Nick at, at Leopold because he's trying to figure out the international like shooters like there's there's people in different countries that do not have the same rights that we have that have the same passion that we have and it's not fair to them right but like how do we get to them how do we include them why i wish there was more camaraderie or more like engagement with those people because that's incredible that they're even pushing those boundaries and those i would say ceilings to even get to do what we get to do every day right yeah i I can speak about that a lot (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we can. My phone's charging, so I'm good. Uh, <laughs> I just I got passionate about there because yes. Yeah, and that's that's another another. There are so many points with the company. That's another one of them. Again, creating that community. Um, and man, these arts and these things that we practice and these things that we love. There's no division. There's no boundary. There's no border. You know, we love them. Um, that's what I that's what I love about it is you can land anywhere in the world and you could probably find someone who has the same interests as you in these arts, right? Like, you know, yeah. many other things, but in our lane, in this lane, yep. uh, in the art at least for sure. And then I noticed like on your social media, um, you do a really good job of sharing content from people of all ages, people of all backgrounds, um, you know, females as well. I think that's really important. So the better companies I'll say are, are doing it right, where they're sharing content or sharing I don't want to say like influential people, but like being able to go into an account, and see a female for me, like, okay, I can resonate with that. I can like identify, I can actually like relate to that person. Like she's out there killing it. Like that's, that's inspirational to me rather than just seeing a dude go hit a bag. Like I can see a dude hit a bag anywhere by throwing a rock. Yeah. Really. But you see what I'm saying? It's like brands that are, are at least representing who they want to be wearing clothing or, or whatever it looks like to it, it. It helps. It really helps. Yeah, I had this vision for the social media page. I was off of social media for like two years before I started it. I, I was really reluctant to get on just because. Because you're a military dude. Nobody, <laughs> no military yeah. will like social media. <laughs> well, not, not just that, man. You, you know, I, it was like, and I, this is just a, a shared moment. Like I, I dealt, like I, I didn't like what I was trying to, like it was infecting my brain a little bit. Yeah, sure. Does that make sense? I hate social media. It's my job, and I hate it. I think it's stupid. Yeah. I like to be outside and offline and in the middle of the mountains. And you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I took a hiatus, and then when I started the company, I realized we needed a footprint there, and, and that was fine. I was good. Um, but I had this vision for it where I didn't want to see myself. You know, I didn't want to see myself, and I talked to uh, my partner problem. early. Which is a problem, but keep going. <laughs> yeah. So at, or, well, at least now, 
we we've built it enough to where you what you just mentioned you see a variety right yeah. but i think some brands because i studied some brands before we started the page there's a lot of the same person yep. at the very beginning you know and it's kind of i didn't want it to be hey look at us we we wanted it to be hey look at you and look at the things you're doing with that transparency came giving away some shirts you know what i mean so we gave a lot away at the beginning but it, it really helped us snowball that effect into, hey, look at you guys. Yeah. Look at what you're doing to where someone who hasn't been on our page before can be like, oh, look at these people. Yep. You know, not look at these three people that are taking the same <laughs> yeah. over, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm glad you noticed that because I'm, yeah. I'm glad it's it's coming off as that. Yes. We've also talked about this. And I'll just tell people for listening is that. People are still investing into brands or or buying brand products. Yes, because maybe they like the product. Yes, the brand's great, but there's a there's a people behind it. There's a, a person behind it. There's a story that they can yeah. recognize. And then like the passion for entrepreneurship, that's the thing for me is like when I see the brand, I like I want to know who did this because it's not easy to start for a, a business. Period. It's not easy to do a side hustle and have a full time job. I don't know what it would be like to have a family as well to figure that out. Like that's just so overwhelming. Um, but that story could inspire. And I'm not talking about someone to go buy clothing and out. I want you to go inspire the next entrepreneur to be like, if he can do it while doing all of that, so can I. So there's value too in sharing your story behind it. Yeah, and, and this is the first it. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the first time I'm sharing it, uh, other than the podcast I did with my friend, uh, which you can listen to as well. Um, we talked what for is two the hours. podcast called, by the way? It's off the cuff conversations. So my idea is kind of what you're talking about. I want to find people who found a way to break free from the nine to five. Because I call it the safety of salaries. Because when you don't have a check coming on the 1st and 15th guaranteed, it's a very scary world. Dude, I can't even tell you the amount that I'm owed, but I'm like six months behind on some stuff. That's not a small chunk of change. But like, I'm okay. That's just normal life where there's people have no idea what that would be like where I still have to pay rent every day, every month, or I stay pay health insurance every month. That does clock in the same time. But yeah. payment like is, uh, it's, it's incredible how different. Yeah. Running a business is. Yeah. yeah. Running a business, starting a business, becoming an artist. Um, you know, if you want to go chase your music dream, chase your, wh- whatever dreams it is that you have, yeah. but there are people, which I realized that take that plunge, you know, and, and a friend of mine who I had Aaron from grind ops coffee, our first podcast here, um, he did that. He gave up a government job. And he started his coffee company. Yep. That's what he's doing. Yep. I just got offered a job a couple weeks ago in the industry. Would have been my dream job if I was coming out of college or if I was like back getting started. And I, I still gave it some thought. I gave it like a day. And then I'm like, I'm unemployable. Like that's for me just going, <laughs> <laughs> I'm unemployable. I like, I, I like that. It's a deal breaker. I can't. I can't. I get to do so much cool shit. I don't work for any one person. I work for myself. And then it's it's harder than any job I've ever done. Like it's more work yeah. actually. But there's so many more rewards and benefits and and freedom in it too. So Yeah, and the job I have now, or I say the job, the the what I do now for I guess quote unquote my day job, it allows me a lot of freedom. You know, I get to pick and choose kind of my schedule. So yeah. um there was a time where the last W two I had, I had gone through a police academy here in Texas. This, I'll make the long story short, a few weeks from before graduation, um, ended up getting hurt, like catastrophically, pins, needles, metal in the leg, all kinds of stuff. But that was the last time. And ever since then, you know, uh, I left the department after a while, after a while, just sitting there waiting to graduate. Um, And I never looked back. You know, I never looked back, uh, let my T-Cole license lapse, uh, which is our our state license for, for peace officers. And, you know, I'm unemployable, too. I like that term. I just I just can't see myself doing it. 
Um, and, and there's a clear distinction that I try to say, especially on the, on that podcast is I'm not looking down. I'm not saying one's nope. better than the other. Nope. Pro- the other way is probably the right way to do so, it. I wish I could be that person. I wish yeah. like every day I'm like, why can't I just be happy sitting at a desk from nine to five with a secure paycheck, go home and be off work and, and not be have, fine. Yeah. Not have to answer emails or phone calls or like, trust me, I would love that. Yeah. I would love it too. Um, it's not built that way, but yeah, just, yeah. Uh, Kind of like with the clothing company, you're just not going to go back to or not going to change who you are now. And that's okay. I, I think that that's okay. There's obviously a time and place where like, hey, things weren't working out, you know, or things aren't working out. My wife would probably be like, mm, you know, yeah. go get a job, you know, and that's okay. But uh, yeah. but that scariness and that fear uh, is great fuel because it's pretty freaking scary. That's, that's what I was going to say is like, I, uh, again, I can't do it. I'm not built that way. I think the fear of ending up in an eight to five is what pushes me to do so many different things, many different jobs. Like I'm a writer and instructor and I do marketing and I'm a contract. There's a, there's a lot of things I do and and it's not guaranteed. Like one year I made one thing, one year I made something next month. I I lose a client. It doesn't matter. Like it all fluctuates and and works itself out in the end, but there is a real fear to keep working to not have to end up in a seat. (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. We'll see where it goes, you know? Mm-hmm. let's give her a go i'm excited about it and, and i can't i can't imagine someone told me the other day they're like hey if you want to fertilize your business you should tattoo your hands and i was like what what do you mean like like this like you know here because i have tattoos everywhere and like yeah just tattoo your hands and fertilize your business because now you're really you know you can't go back you're not going to get a federal oh. job you're not, gonna get you're not gonna get that and i was like that's such a great way to think about it you know like you, there's still some great jobs, you know, union jobs that you can get, but I'd have to learn a whole new trade. Yeah. You know, for my lane, it's either federal, go be a cop or some other things. And um, yeah, if I tattoo my hands, those doors are completely closed. So yep. there you go. There, maybe. But they there's some removals now. Who knows? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Well, when I heard that, I was like, mm, it's kind of smart. Kind of good. But it also um, came from my tattoo artist. So he's probably trying to get some money out of me. But <laughs> but he said that's what he did. He's like, yeah, before I opened my tattoo shop, I tattooed my hands. I just knew because he had like, you know, other other ideas. And he's like, I just opened my tattoo shop. Okay, I kind of like this dude. Dude? Yeah. Romeo. Uh, damn, I think his last last name's Torres. Uh, yeah. I'll tell, him to, I'll tell him to watch this. Okay. <laughs> sorry, don't remember your last name. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry, bro. Great guy. He's one of the best people in the world. But yeah. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I this is my dying question too, because I know you went with five by five brewing for the Gundies, but question, did you know about the Gundy Awards before you got tied up to go with them? Like how did you end up there? I ended up there because uh they so I did an event with them, I'd say about a month ago now, uh, where I came up, set up a booth and they really loved it. They loved the brand and all that stuff. I met the owner George and Rosa, the manager which you Love met, Rosa, and yeah. great, great people. And they called me up. They're like, hey, uh, do you want to come to the Gundies with us? And I was like, what the hell is that? I've never even heard about it. You know, and they did briefly described it. And I was like, okay, yeah, that'll be cool. But uh, before that, let me, sorry, let me rewind a little bit. They had approached me and they wanted to do a beer together with the brand, Ooh. you know. So they see the brand. Um, obviously, we'll, I don't know if we can name it Redefine Bonds. It'll probably be Sheep's Clothing Company. <laughs> but him being a veteran-owned business, you know, he really likes the message. And, you know, they, they want to craft something together. So that's how I kind of got involved with them. And they were like, hey, do you want to come out and, you know, help us out for sure and also get to know each other and go from there. So I ended up out there and I was kind of like, oh, no, I don't belong here. You know what I mean? I was like, I, 
yeah, I was like, oh no, there's so many cool people here. But that's not true. You know, yeah, after like the first day or so, everyone's freaking awesome. Will's great. Um, yeah. it was like Greg. Greg was amazing. Very well. Yeah, everyone there, the whole staff. So I was very fortunate to be invited to that. I, I look back on it now. Yes. So there's so many things I want to say. This is really funny to me because, again, this is what I live and breathe. So when people are like, get to go, get get to, I'm like, there's an opportunity there. Yeah. People aren't even part of that and have no clue what it's about. And the fact that you were there or like, there's people that would kill to be there. Like, I kind of laugh, but like, I don't laugh because like you literally had no idea what you were in for. And right. we came out with it too. Um, was their description was I don't know Rosa did she, like whatever they told you it was about. Did that even fit what they told you the Gundys would be about, or was it like holy shit, this is what like much more? No. So George gave gave a decent description. It's just you don't <laughs> understand it until you're there. You know, he's like, oh yeah, there's there's mini guns and there's tanks and there's helicopters and you know there's beers and it's party and you know you're having fun and there's a award show there's famous people so you hear those things and they're just words until you experience them and then you're like oh okay I, you put all those words together with an experience and it's you're you're good you know you finally what they've done i mean hopefully i'm we'll get to go next year but what they've done is uh it's pretty extraordinary you know what i mean it's really cool yep it's a great yep. event uh, um, yeah. And then the famous people, the Jason Momoas. That was terrible. No, I felt so bad. It's so I disappointed so many. No, I disappointed. It's not your so fault. People. For people listening, because you need to go watch the YouTube to understand that Lewis is actually Jason Momoa. And I swear to God, with your hair up, like it was literally Jason. Where I wanted to take a video, that I didn't do it. That'd be so yeah. weird. But like, I want to be a video because I'm like, listen, guys, like Jason's here. Um, yeah. There's so many people. You really look just like him yeah i guess so with the hair up and it wasn't intentional i promise i'd never had my hair this long i didn't really know before i started letting letting everything grow. you're a marine you get on military you're just like fuck it yeah or even or even then before when i did have a beard i always kept my hair short and then one day i was like you know i'm never cutting my hair again yep and that was two and a half years ago yep. so um no that day it was it was the first day it was kind of like oh, okay i've gotten it once or twice before but then the second day i was disappointing people like, I won't say their names, but they came up to me and one guy was like, hey, you know, I saw you out in L.A. last week. And I was like, I'm from there. I haven't been there in a few years. And then he he just looked at me like this. And then I was like, you know, you know, I'm not Jason. Momoa, right? And the, he just like froze and like walked away from me. And I felt so bad. I talked to him later on. I was like, I'm, I'm so sorry. It's fault. You shouldn't be apologizing <laughs> for being a human being. Like, what? I, and then... Yeah, I just felt bad that he actually came up to me and thought I was. But people were messing with Somebody had convinced him that it was. Oh, <laughs> yes. So uh, this is really weird. I had the drunkest man in the world come up to me in a um, Delta Airlines lounge on the way back from the Gundys. Yeah. This beautiful black lady was, like, sitting in front of us. And she, I was, I had my earbuds in. I was listening to podcasts. And he sat down, spilled his drink, slurring his words. This dude was lit. He's probably in his 60s. But he's like, do you watch tennis? And I was like sort of no he's like do you know venus williams i was like of course he's like i think that's her serena whatever i was like i have no idea that man got up with his drink went over there to ask her I'm like why would she be in a delta lounge if you're a famous celebrity as well and it was yeah. not her but i was yeah. like holy crap because he's like well that's disappointing you look just like her and he like walked away and i'm like that was similar <laughs> to what you were going through <laughs> yeah pretty bad um so if you ever see this uh you need a body double dude uh, <laughs> dude i'm telling you um 
So that was cool. So did you actually get to go shoot guns while you were there? Yeah, well, walked around the booth. Um, it's hard to describe to people who haven't been there. Um, they set up these amazing booths, and you just walk up and start shooting other people's ammo. So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, and the the companies they invite out, super innovative, you know, very, very, very great stuff. But yeah, I was just walking around, shooting around. What was your favorite? Um, ah, who was it? DSI Dynamic. Yep, Dark Storm Industries. Yes, Dark Storm Industries. I'm so sorry, guys, because I met the, I met them and I and I freaking love them. So, I just got back from the range today, so I have to pull it out. They make a really sick rifle, though. So, I actually have not the cool colored ones, but this is their variant one rifle. Gotcha. Um, I actually just put the Wilson Combat three gun trigger in it, but it's like super carved out. Um, they make their own compensators too, and like there's just no felt recoil in this guy. Um, but anyways. That's yeah. yeah that's right. He told me to email him. I was gonna buy a conversation from him. So yeah, that was my favorite shooting the double from there, just because it was uh interesting. And then the way he got the film, the way that he got my video, no, he was like, You freaking owe me for this. No, he got my phone, he kinda like stood a little bit in front. Oh. I was like, shit, the range master's gonna be pissed. And he was just getting blasted in the face with <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it was freaking awesome. So you know, and I, I like that we do this for content creators and videos and stuff. I think there's I think our industry eats our own. And I think a lot of the people that aren't in industry like to just come take crap on, on shooters because to get the cool content, like there is cameras and tripods and all the things that you can set up. But when you like, you're safe at a distance, you understand if you don't pull the trigger, if you're not pointing the gun at a person, like you can get that, that footage is really, really what helps people get excited. Cause you see those, those reels, those YouTube videos. So yeah. people freak out over that, but that's, I do it every day. Like I was at the range today and my buddy was taking photos. Like, Hey, what if we fake you in front here, not pointed at you, but like over your shoulder, it's an empty yeah. gun. Still people lose their F in mind. I'm like, how do you think we get these photos? Yeah. I mean, how else, you know, it's not, it's not easy, but no. they did a GoPro on the other gun now, the variant one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't get to shoot that one. Um, but yeah, that was definitely by far my favorite. So I hope how they you, put that into production. how do you do the, the two gun? Well, I just held them. I just held them like this and just shot both. Like, yeah, yeah. I was just like, this is I cool. I felt say. like I felt like Arnold Schwarzenegger in an 80s movie or something. So um Did you learn anything new? Did I learn anything new? Um, maybe not gun industry-wise. I learned something social media-wise and with the business of media is very important yeah. and investing in for every person that was there quote unquote either famous or not or or even companies they had at least a media guy with them or most of them did if not two so that was my biggest takeaway and i called my partner which cody loft was he's a party of mine he's we served together in the marine corps police officer hold on yards great great dude mm -hmm. i called him i was like dude we need to start thinking about media and how we approach media set aside a budget for it yep. um yep. and start getting those because well, it's a it's a double edged sword. I'm using so many isms from teaching that I hate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm realizing this. Um, I I had a conversation with the people who are building my website, and I said, "Hey, look, our content is going to be as well as we can make it, but it's also going to be whatever people send in because I want to keep that aesthetic on the page, you know, and I don't want people to feel and think that they have to have a certain level." Yep. of content to submit it to us we want to post if you if you got a motorola razor we'll throw it up there <laughs> you know what i mean you know if you're filming with that that's fine 
So with the company overall, definitely we're going to pay. That's what I learned. We're going to pay attention a little bit more to media, but I also want people to know, you know, you don't have to try to get these amazing shots for you to be featured. And that was something early on too. I would message different, different accounts who were obviously way bigger than us or even slightly bigger than us. And they're like, well, I, I charge for features or I, you know, or, you know, we'll see. And for us, it's like, Hey, you send us something, we're going to put you up, yeah. you know, because we want, we want people to be seen. It's amazing how many people think social media is like something you should get paid to post about. I, I just, I know, cause I work at, again with a lot of influencers are like, Oh, it's this much for that. And just, and the value dies. Like you make a post and honestly it's done tomorrow. Like there's nothing, nobody's going to remember it. Sort of, sort of, but right. I tell this to brands. I have a master's in marketing. Nothing that means anything because it changes every single day. But like, I've learned so much about people and studying this really helped me where brands like, you just put put the nail on the head. Brands that post all these beautiful aesthetic, beautiful photos or videos or whatever. Again, I look at that. And I'm like, this is so high level and so well done. You need that. I think that's really pretty content, right? But then if you're never sharing real shooters using your gear, if you're never sharing real people out there living their day-to-day life with your product, I can't identify with that. I can't relate to that. Like you've got these great photo shoots or whatever it looks like. But when brands incorporate other people's stuff. Like if you, if I tag you in something and you share it, that means a whole lot to me as well. I'm like, Oh my God, it's me. Like I'm featured. And like, people see that. Or if you post yeah. and you get tagged, people are going to share that because they see you, their favorite human, their friend, their family, moms share that all the time. Oh, yeah. so brands miss out so much when they're not reposting or sharing content they're tagged in. Those are people buying your stuff. Those are people buying it in. And then more people share it because they see themselves. Anyway. Right preach i'm glad you learned that but that's something that's uh <laughs> been on my struggle bus of teaching companies yeah and it also you know when you click on some i can't point you to a right page and i probably wouldn't if i even if i can remember them there's a certain numbness that comes with a page full of perfect pictures yes and we're we're definitely spoiled with the 4k i think 8k or 12k whatever it is now yeah. we're spoiled with that level of clarity and videos for sure so that numbs you a little bit, but then when you go on a page and it's everything is perfectly like aesthetically pleasing and perfectly placed yep. to me, and this is just my, I'm a, a nobody, but the, my point of view is it's like, oh, cool. You know, it just, you know, you kind of scroll and you're just like, it's all the same, you know, versus yep. having a little bit of, you know, different content in there, like you said, which is another reason why we don't have a shop now button or anything. We don't typically talk about my approach to the marketing side is we don't talk about the shirt necessarily in our writing and kind of show what it is. And, you know, if we do post the link, it'll be on stories, but for the post, have you ever gone through or has the algorithm ever gotten you? I, I call it the algorithm getting me like whether it's like, hey, you might like these sunglasses. And then two posts later, it's like, hey, you might like these sunglasses. And then three posts later, it's like, hey, you might like these sunglasses. I have a pair downstairs that I just ordered because I like those sunglasses. Right. But nine times out of 10, when the algorithm gets me, I go through the whole process of like the because sh- it's instant to shop now. And I call it what do I call it the shoppers high and whether I'm taking care of my business in the morning or wherever I'm at. I go through this like spike of like, oh, yeah, I kind of do want it. And then as I get to shipping or the size, my want starts to go down. And next thing I know, I'm about to click checkout. And I kind of don't want it. And I just exit out. So this might be the wrong way to approach from the business (laughs) standpoint. But I don't have a shop now button. If you see something you like on our content or you see a shirt that you like, 
Yeah. You got to go on our page. So if you go on our page, you're introduced to a little bit more content and context yeah. of who we are. You know, now you've clicked on our website link. You've gotten to that point by yourself off your own interest. Right. And if you go to the shirts and all that stuff, I haven't given you anything. Yep. You've come to see what it's about. Yep. Um, and oh. that's, yeah. And for the stories and stuff, yeah, for sure. We post a quick link on there, but at least for the post post, because I know the posts go out to a little bit more people. Yeah. Um, we don't, we don't typically, usually stories, if correct me if I'm wrong, it's the, the, Sorry, the accounts that interact with you the most, they're going to see oh, yeah. it. Yeah, those right? yeah. yeah. And I've I, and tried to do the thing where I've gone through every single story for every single day. I've never reached the end. Yeah, it's hard. And I try to, you know, I, I, try, I, I try to go through people's stuff because, you know, we if you go, if you post something about your day, I want to like it. You know, <laughs> to me, it doesn't cost anything. Yeah. You know, a, a friend of mine and I talked about that, like a simple like, like you oh, can yeah. just. Yeah. You know, so. We we haven't tricked the algorithm because it still hates all of us. But as shooters, like we will literally comment questions or on each other's stuff, even though we know the answers to it. Be like, oh, what gun is that? Or like, what caliber? Blah blah blah. Because it does help the algorithms bump it up a little bit. Um, but I remember like someone cussing on my friends. I'm like, how do you not know? Blah, blah blah. It's like, calm down. Like, she's helping me educate you. Like, why are you losing her? She's a pro shooter. Come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> huh. So everyone listening, go ask us questions and there you go. We try to answer them. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that was a hack. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, so the more that you write and engage on accounts, like the better that they get. Uh, it's like an engagement type score or whatever. But anyways, it always helps when you are commenting, writing, sharing, adding the story. And I like their new feature too, where if I just add something to a story, the brand will finally see that I added it, even if I forget to like tag them in the story, because that's just such an extra step. But that's a new thing that I love that Instagram rolled out, because there's a bunch of people that have been mentioning me, but not like they added to the story because they saw it on Walther or whatever, but they didn't actually tag me because they don't know me. But I'm like, hey, I'm huh. in a story. Or my gun is with my hand. <laughs> yeah, cool. That's I didn't cool. know that. I didn't know they, they yeah, they, they added that. Yep. Yeah, and it does take time. And it's, I treat it like a job, you know, I treat social media as a part of my business. Um, yeah, I told my partner, I was like, I think I'm going to start cold calling gyms and cold, cold calling gun shops, you know, and, and archery shops yep. and all this stuff in the area just to, yeah, because I know that the internet part is necessary. I do. I understand it. I also like to, you know, do something else. So yes. yeah, we're breaking mortar. It's brick and mortar is still valuable. It just depends on how you make it an experience as well. So like the, the people that do it right that I see, they have actually archery lanes for you to be able to zero or like sight in or test a new broadhead or whatever. Right. So like you get to actually do that. That's my lovely bow back there. And yeah. I really like that experience. Um, the other ones will have like either I know like Bud's Gun Shop here in Eastern Tennessee. It's like super famous. They've got an actual indoor range where you can actually like test fire and go buy your gun or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then the ones that don't do it right are still the ones that don't have like an experience for like a photo wall or like it's so dumb. And I bring this up all the time. There's a stupid cupcake place that has like this throne and this mirror, this place that you can sit down with your stupid cupcake and take a photo. Well, guess what? My happy ass sat myself down on that pink chair and I've done that. And it's so dumb. <laughs> yeah yeah how are we not like your your background right now is perfect like if we had a photo wall or backdrop that that's where people are going to take a, po a photo they're going to buy something they're going to take a photo there i don't know yeah that's a yeah it's a good it's a good word i might start doing that and start taking photos and banners everywhere or flags i'm like hey can we hang this up you know yep. um i'm trying to figure out a way to make it beneficial for the the actual brick and mortar store as well so yeah yeah. The little things, you know, and I, no one ever taught me how to start a business or create a business or anything like that. So yep. I hear what you're saying, uh, you know, and after we talked, 
I think we talked at the the Gundys and even after like, hey, people got to know. And, and I do. And I want that to happen. Uh, the more the more it grows. Yeah. It's just at the beginning. I was kind of like, well, let's let's put other people's faces. <laughs> I get it. I get yeah. it. Um, I, I, I love entrepreneurs. This goes back to that, too, is is. I was fortunate. I tell people this all the freaking time is that there's like really two types of people in the world that become entrepreneurs. It is one. And I was lucky where I saw my parents. My mom still has a flower shop. My dad was an entrepreneur with a night business. He did counseling for like 25 years, finally retired from that night job anyways, but they've been entrepreneurs. My aunt catering uncle restaurants. Like I always got to see it where I wasn't even thinking about it. I was never shoved into a, like being an entrepreneur. Like I actually was told go to college, which I did go get a master's. Yeah. Which I did like get a job, yeah. which I did. And I hated it. Uh, but I came to a realization, I saw hard work and what it can give back to you as a, as a business owner. Whereas you, like there's the other type of people who have no history. It's not taught in schools. Why is entrepreneurship not taught in schools? Yeah. Um, who's iPhone? I don't know. I gave my sister the code. Maybe she, sorry. No, you're good. That just threw me off. But anyways, so I just think it's interesting. I love it when entrepreneurs find a way in. But there's so less support, I think, for those people coming in because they don't have the background people to ask questions of, right? So that's really important. Yeah, the not being taught in school part is kind of a big pet peeve of mine. Yeah. Um, sure, uh, knowing where places are is important, you know, but so is knowing how to do your taxes when you get out of of uh, high school and stuff like that and the benefits of an LLC and all that stuff. You know, I call it YouTube University. I'm not 100% sure everything I learned was correct, but that's where I got a lot of it. Um, that books, talking to people, entrepreneurs that I know, um, I mean, like we said earlier, the community aspect, no one succeeds alone. I'm a firm believer in that. And, oh, yeah. and if you do succeed alone, Hey, correct me, I'll give you my email, but, uh, but I don't think anyone does. And if they do, they probably are lying. Yeah. They probably are lying. So, yeah. um, yeah, resources, you know, um, not, not being taught in schools is kind of a, really bad thing for our society yeah because people should know and especially now you know say the next generation they're so advanced with technology and what they can do they're going to put out better content than you and i you know, I know. I mean, it's just so crazy so yeah. you want them to kind of know you know yep, yep. But, I, or yeah. the government doesn't but we won't go down that rabbit hole yeah it's a whole separate conversation you're gonna yeah <laughs> Well, Lewis, I know you went over a lot. Um, we've got your podcast, which is great, off the cuff. I love that name. And then we've got, yeah, the martial arts background, social media, learning a lot of being a business owner. I mean, there's so many little nuggets in this podcast, I think. But is there anything, final thoughts you want to leave people with or anything that we didn't talk about that you want to? Has it been an hour already? Holy crap. Yeah. But I just want to make sure, yeah. like, there's, but if you have something else you want to talk about, just. No, no, no. It's, it, it flew by. Um, <laughs> Not necessarily, you know, anything specific, just I hope that people resonate with the message and realize what it is that we're trying to do. I know that eventually we're going to run into something. I'm not sure what. Mm -hmm. It'll be an uphill battle. It's kind of the marketing people that, you know, are working with us right now. They're like, hey, just be prepared because you're going to ruffle some feathers once you get to those feathers. Uh, but hopefully through our approach, conversations like this, what we post, it's uh, they're not ruffled as bad, you know, and at least something else that's missing from our society, uh, we're afforded the opportunity to explain what it is and yeah. not just completely shut down uh, right off the bat before we're ever given an given that opportunity yeah. to really to really showcase what we're about. Yeah. You know, and I, I put it in the original mission statement. You know, we started off as a clothing brand, and I want to evolve it into into so much more. One thing we are doing that I do want to talk about is going is our youth sponsorship program. 
Okay. So, have you ever paid for a martial arts gym or anything like that, or a boxing nope, gym? Or but I should. Okay. No, no, no. It's and I asked that question because even as a grown adult, 150 bucks a month, 120 bucks a month, it's a bill. That's a little bit, yeah. You know, it's a little bit. It's a bill. It, you know, if you're doing good or whatever the case may be, it's a bill. And that's not to take anything away from what you know these gyms are charging because it's their time, their effort, oh, their sure. lifetime, their expertise. Experience. Oh yeah. So yeah. Yeah. But when parents are forced to make a choice of taking that kid out or pausing it or whatever. Um, usually that's one of, that's going to be one of the first things to go. So a goal with the company that I have, I say youth sponsorship, we might call it youth scholarship. We've done two kids so far where we want to step in for at least a quarter. We're going to do two kids every quarter for now. And if we can pay the full ride for each kid for those three months of their gym, great. If not, we'll try to pay half depending on revenue and stuff like that to help alleviate that parent, uh, for at least a quarter of the year and keep that kid going, especially if they're faced with a choice of not being able to go anymore. And, you know, maybe we can keep going if we can get some help. Right. Um, yeah, that's, that's a goal and a dream of mine with this company is to have that youth scholarship program, you know, worldwide. And yeah. How is that set up now though? Like where people just part of your shirt purchases go to that, or is there a donation link to where people could donate to that? Like, how does that work? No, there's no donation. What, what my partner and I do, uh, we just set aside revenue, like uh, from, you know, based on our sales, we'll set aside a percentage of our revenue. And then, you know, based on what the parent tells us, you know, for example, we had a boxing out of San Francisco who we are, a young kid who's doing boxing in San Francisco, and we just gave her half of whatever it cost uh, for those three months. And you know, it's not a lot. We're not saving the world, you know. It's still, it's no, it is actually making a huge impact when it comes to kids' health. Men mental health as well but then you're also giving them a place a community and impacting them a lot more where they have an opportunity you've no idea yeah. what what long term like that does to someone yeah if you can start that martial arts journey very early on and learn that respect for others which is what it teaches you even shooting everything that we do everything we talk about that respect um I think uh, I think yeah. then maybe we'll change the world a little bit <laughs> so do people is this on your website on every single like product that talks about this? No, but we should. We posted it up on Instagram, but not that's enough. something we're going to incorporate. Yeah. yeah, it should be on every product. Yeah, and yeah. then I think you guys, and we're on a podcast, it doesn't matter. I think you guys should create a donation link or give back or something and have a whole page where they don't even have to purchase a shirt, but maybe they, somebody like, I, I would go on there and sponsor a kid for a quarter, you know, like something like that and yeah. put it on there. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. And then cool. go make a photo or post about the kid that gets to go to the gym. I don't know. That's. Yeah, and we, we, we ask this content from the parent, like this next one's, it's local, so I'm going to go take a picture with them and stuff like that. So, That's cute. That's super yeah. cute. Well, Lewis, what's your website and what's your social media handle so people can go follow the brand? It's uh, redefinedviolence.com, just probably the first time you'll ever type that into a web browser, uh, all, <laughs> all together, nothing crazy. And then our Instagram is redefined underscore violence. Um, you, you can't miss us. We're the only one that's going to come up. Hopefully it comes up. Please let us know if it doesn't come up so Shout that we out. can, yeah, send some emails, which or they type in, type in every single letter and the underscore and every letter because that's what's happening. I'm, my friends actually are getting, I can't remember our usernames anymore, but we're having to write down usernames on a piece of paper. So when we go make something, we have to type out every single one of them. I, I noticed that even with yours, I tagged you on something and I was like, cause I thought you had to be following each other before you can tag. We were already following each other yep. and I went to go tag you and I was like three gun can't, I, don't, I got away to the E and I was like, Oh, there she is. Damn. Shout out. For, that's real. 
for those three seconds, I was like, oh, I guess she done followed us. Like she didn't like it. So. No, never. <laughs> oh my God. I've, I'm yeah. so comfortable. You've no, no idea. Thank you. And I, I am a big proponent of being a wolf in sheep's clothing, but also like I'm not a violent person. I don't want violence and, and I, but I've had to experience it and that's changed me. But also I don't want, I don't want someone else to have an experience and it changed them or destroy them from the inside out. And that's really important to me because there are things that have happened to me that I'm glad it happened to me and not someone else because I could handle it because I can get through it. Cause I can talk about it. Right. But like, there are people that if that had happened to them, they'd be gone. They'd be done. They, they I mean, yeah. there's serious ramifications, but I try to teach people to just being aware, even of, of others too. Like you are the protector as well. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, the pillar, the leader, the whatever that's, Okay, I'm sorry. No, yeah, one of our other designs, real quick, um, yep. is the uh, there it is. It's the Luna, um, right here, and kind of the female leader in a pack is referred to as the Luna, um, and so there's a moon and all kinds of stuff. So we created that design specifically for that. Um, but yeah, just every everything we do, everything you redesign, we come up with is going to have a meaning and. I know it's a pain in the ass to read through descriptions sometimes, especially not for you, but for some on social yeah. media. But we'll we'll explain all of them. It's worth it. Yeah, I remember seeing the teardrop and seeing the colors and going. I'm like, this is awesome. So yeah. keep it up. Uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. I'm glad I got no, to see you. Yeah, appreciate it. Good thank luck you. with your podcast too, guys. Go check that out. Seriously, starting a new podcast is daunting. The fact that you started it is impressive. I think a lot of people don't understand. They're like, well, I want to do a podcast. Dream, dream, dream. But if you started yeah. it in reality and now you're stuck with it. So yeah, you have no choice. But yeah, all right. Well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, listeners, tune in next week for an all new episode of the Red Club Podcast, uh, and go check out awesome, awesome redefined violence. Um, and go get some warm, comfy clothes as well. But anyway, stay tuned, and I'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to the Red Club Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Follow along on social media at Red Club or Three Gun Kenzie.